0: Greetings and salutations, sound seekers. Welcome to another thrilling episode of The Only Podcast that talks about how cool cats are and how awesome making music is. I am your host, Andrew Schultz. Before we get started please do us a solid and follow the Sound for Thought podcast on Spotify or Apple podcast. You can find us basically anywhere that you listen to podcasts, except for SoundCloud, because we're just way too cool for SoundCloud. On Facebook and Instagram, you can follow the Redefining Records pages to see more podcast episodes and follow all the other cool stuff that we make. I am very eager to share this exquisite conversation with you today. I was fortunate enough to have a nice long chat with Max Collier, who has been involved in a whole bunch of awesome musical projects. We mostly talk about his solo stuff in this episode. Um, Hopefully we'll expand upon his other projects, including the haunts, in a future episode. But basically, we talk about his cat. We talk about Isla Vista, Sad Boy Music, fine wines, and what it means to sell out as an artist, among other things. And most importantly, as always, he explains why he makes music. And before we get into the interview, we're going to listen to some of Max's music. So this first one is called Trouble Sleeping In.
1: the years play out slow, you tell me it's not hard at all. But right away was the
0: the show max hi thanks for coming on of course you had a a crazy morning i i believe oh you do believe correct
2: and all for the sake of buying cat food which is uh which is really you know a tough thing to do in this modern day i guess i should just be ordering off amazon but i like bringing i bring my cat to pet smart so it's like a
0: definitely a big fucking to do Oh, that's a whole adventure. Do you take your cat to a lot of places?
2: Yeah, surprisingly. That's like half of what I think my Instagram followers are, are just people that see, like, like, because she's pretty, she's very chill. for. A, she's actually very dog-like. Like, we just taught her to play fetch. Oh, nice. recently, which is, like, kind of a, like, there's a lot of things about her where I'm like, yeah, she's just a cat, but that was definitely the thing where I was like, holy crap, this thing is, like, kind of uh, enigma but yeah i bring her to like breweries and stuff and we'll like hang out (laughs) she's great she's a great date that's awesome what's her name her name uh most people know her as the kitty but it's officially zelda oh but she's like all over my instagram to the point that i'm like Like, it's either a music post or it's a kitty post. And I'm pretty sure the kitty posts are getting more love than the music posts, but I don't blame it either. She's adorable. Honestly, yeah.
0: People love animals. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think it's a good uh, marketing method for for anybody, like whether it's a musician or like a company or something. Is just use as many cute animals as possible.
2: Yeah, God gave me this cute little cat, and I'm going to abuse the shit out of it.
0: Is basically the uh, is my mo at the moment. I, I approve that. I'm on board. <laughs> yeah, good, 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 good. Yeah, don't and judge I, me. <laughs> no, I, it sounds like a loving relationship too. So oh, it's, it it's is. A, it's a happy abuse. I, that's <laughs> a weird combination of words.
2: I don't know who has the Stockholm syndrome, but I know one of us definitely does
0: <laughs> where like I don't know if she's running the show or if I am, but uh yeah, for sure. I don't know you that well, but I think I think I, think, I could probably answer that question. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you probably could. But, you know, it's fine. Anyway, so um We'll talk a little bit about music, although I could talk about cats the whole hey, time. Hey, let's do music. I mean, I, my cat knowledge past my cat isn't too vast. Yeah. So I I like to start off the interview by just getting a sense of what your musical experience was growing up. Uh, you know, did your parents play music in the house? Did you grow up playing and listening to certain types of music? What was, what was your childhood like?
2: Sure. Um... So none of my parents were really musically inclined. In fact, it was much later in my life of playing music that my father finally revealed to me that he used to play like the accordion when he was 10. Oh, wow. But not like well. I just thought there was such <laughs> a, a weird thing that like, you know, when we were in middle or I, most people are in middle school, they have to like pick up the clarinet or something. And I was like, whoa, you had, yeah. You had the, and also you didn't stick with it. Like there's no accordion in the attic. Like this is bullshit. <laughs> but um no, it was kind of weird where like so I grew up in Palo Alto before it was like Palo Alto or you know just this like ta- I mean Apple existed but it wasn't this like superpower that it is today. Yeah. Um so it was pretty off the map but I was also around San Francisco so I knew about music and stuff like that but Really, what it was was like my parents have a decent taste in music where they introduced me to all the you know like the Beatles and like my dad loves Santana so he was all about electric guitar and stuff like that so they were weren't necessarily musical but they definitely um like it wasn't important but they I appreciate that they'd always have like a good c d in the car or there was mm-hmm. like you know it's never like garbage and even like a lot of classical stuff i know too is kind of from them but what it really was was my brother i have a brother that's eight years older than me and he um picked up guitar when he was like i don't know 14 or something and he got way into like acdc and stuff so he kind of was always this like oh you know my brother rips rock guitar and like this is so cool like i want to want to do this so i picked it up at around like 14 as well whatever sixth grade is and um yeah i mean it's funny like and sorry if i'm like rambling but it's no i
0: mean that's the whole point right is to l- listen to my voice um, exactly <laughs> <No>. <laughs> i don't want to hear myself uh, talk at all if, No, if i can I'm, avoid it
2: <laughs> no i want to hear you but uh no it's like i don't know i love talking with People that have been doing, I mean, I especially like talking with guitarists that have played guitar since they were like pretty young, Um, but also too, it stems to other instruments. The reason being is like, you find out all of the bands that you probably know like every song of on guitar, but are so yeah. embarrassed that you know, like, like I probably know the whole Guns N' Roses discography, but like, I refuse to play it nowadays. Or I, yeah, I like, yeah. No, I get you. Know, you. It, they're like all you're like yeah i know all these hair metal songs like i i'm so horrified or like <laughs> enter sandman or like all uh-huh. those you know just like but it's great because you know you go through and i mean they're great songs i'm not like you know power to guns and roses and metallica and all these bands that like I'll still occasionally put on but you do go through this like it's the same as going through that awkward hormonal period of like being a teenager and not knowing what you're doing like you just go through all this quote-unquote bad music until yeah. you're finally like, oh, I, I kind of want to do this. Or like, oh, you know, actually this is what I – you know, you make like a million mistakes until you figure it out.
0: Yeah, I, but, I completely uh, agree. I mean for me, it was like the middle school phase was a lot of like rise against kind of that yeah. like punk rock but like Cause you're kind of, mad. Yeah, <laughs> you've got a lot of emotions. You got to you got to get out as a uh, 13 14 year old. Um yeah. but I agree. I mean, it's not till like a little later on that you start to like develop a real taste for, you know, let's say better music or just uh, like what you identify with. Yeah. Cuz you can't identify at that age at all. Yeah, you're just
2: like angry, so the most simple music like Yeah, like, I don't know, even to, I've, I, and this might be a hot take, but like, like, I love Nirvana, but sometimes I'm kind of like, I just feel like Kurt Cobain, not was overrated, but like, like, the songs, I don't think are as deep as people make them, but that's almost Uh to their credit, where it's like, he's just capturing an emotion of like, feeling insecure and and annoyed and and it's like that in itself is impressive but just like don't read into it too much i don't
0: know no i'm i'm kind of with you on that honestly might get us into some trouble yeah well no i mean
2: no i mean i love nirvana i that's also one of those bands where like i know way too much of their music but yeah great um no but i was playing guitar and then just because in the town there weren't a ton of people playing music so i just ended up i got a Mac when I was, like, 16 and started playing with GarageBand and then was like, oh, I just want to be able to record songs. So I bought, like, a bass guitar, and I started playing with drums, too. And it just turned into this big, like... In fact, I used to do, like, a looping show, which was a fucking oh. nightmare. Yeah. yeah, that
0: sounds difficult.
2: No, it was, I mean, it's fun, but, like, holy shit. You know, like, yeah. I tried to, like, loop violin and pretended I was Andrew Bird, and it was just, like, a nightmare.
0: So, did you ever take lessons?
2: For – I took guitar lessons. Okay. Which was nice because I it kind of was an intro to, like, music theory as well, and then I could transfer that to – like piano and bass and violin and stuff so if, if as long as I could know what notes were on an instrument I could be like oh, okay well then I you know I could play like this chord and that chord and this little line so
0: yeah that's cool
2: I I feel like I always get annoyed when I talk with especially guitarists in particular that like brag that they never took lessons and I'm like so what yeah. you're telling me, I mean don't it's cool if you teach yourself like I think that's fine but the second that you're like yeah like I'm better cuz I never took lessons it's like no you could be better if you took lessons.
0: Yeah. But yeah, some know, people but, get really kind of arrogant about it.
2: Yeah, and it's like dude, it's great. It was such a it was almost like a therapy experience too at the age of like 16 to like go talk with this guy who's way cooler than your parents and be Oh like, yeah. Hey man, teach me some tool riffs, man.
0: Yeah, I think Yeah, honestly, like the mentorship is a huge part of it and like discovering new music.
2: Yeah, it's it's like, you know, I don't know. It's a, it was I I'm a big advocate for for the for lessons. I don't know. I just think like people I I mean, YouTube's great. And I think, you know, learn guitar if you want to learn guitar. But there's no never brag about self-taught. I think that's just like a weak week yeah excuse of just being like yeah i'm i just wanted to do
0: youtube yeah i'm with you um what i was gonna say next is basically i know we were both in iv overlapping for a certain time we never really knew each other but um i did see sunday's play a couple times and those were always like super cool shows um, so I, and I've talked to Robert and, and, um, my other buddy Aiden, I don't know if you ever met Aiden Danzi, but I Dude. like hearing people's take on the IV scene <laughs> in general and like musically. So I, I want to ask <laughs> you to like describe oh Ivy in your own words. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well,
2: what should I start with in general or the music? Probably in general. I feel yeah. like that's, I mean, I'll focus in, um, that place is a paradise but you really only need to be there for four years (laughs) maybe even less yeah um no it's it's like i i think once sorry to make this more like historical but uh my brother made a good point about so i was deciding between uc santa barbara and uh lewis and clark up in portland and i'm like definitely an indie cuck so i was very um you know, biased to Portland for, you know, the mysticism and Fred Armisen and, you know, all that stuff. And, but my brother made this point. He was like, look, Max, you could either live in this place for four years that you'll never be able to live in again, or you could go to this city that you can move to, like, whenever you want, you know, like you can still have the Portland experience. So I, that was like, I was like, oh, you're right. That'll be like nothing else. And that, and it really, like, I think that's what, what Ivy is, is like, it is like nothing else. Like even in, not in the way that it's better than, like Santa Cruz is also a great example of another kind of beachside college town, sort of, that I think has its own vibe. But Ivy, I will say I enjoy that they, like, It's the best way to describe it. You can be yourself there. It's not just like college frat bros and stuff. Like there is really a a wide community and you kinda have to dig for it when you first get there. But once you're in it, it's like so positive and um and just I mean, and you know, you're a dumb kid. Like Ivy's also
0: stupid and everyone's drunk. (laughs) But it's both things is is what I love about it. It's like really awesome and also really dumb and dirty and grimy at the same time. Like, I used to hold um, these open
2: mics at my house in the last two years of college that I I kind of took the idea from this guy because he had a Wine Wednesday where he had some musicians play. And I was like, oh, well, what if I do a Wine Wednesday? I'll buy, like, eight boxes of Franzia and, and anyone can come do open mic. And I thought it was going to bomb because I figured, like, you know, it's going to be all these drunk kids and, like, no one's going to pay attention. But I ended up by the end of it, I mean, actually even pretty early on having like a hundred people in my backyard and they would all just go dead silent for these acts. And like, we're all yeah. wasted. I mean, eight boxes of frenzy is no, you know, walk in the park, but like, I really respected and was proud of, you know, the, the people around me that like, they do give the arts and kind of expression, a, a, not even fair, but just like a favorable chance. Yeah. And that's really admirable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You kind of talked about the positivity of the people there. I felt it, the vibes of everyone there, whatever group you were in, like you said, there's a variety of people, but the vibe was like so overwhelmingly positive the large majority of the time, in my experience. Yeah. And there are assholes, but
2: there are assholes everywhere. Yeah. Oh, uh, and that's okay. Yeah. But, uh, no, but then Sundays, I mean, was such a, I mean, that was like, I, gu- I mean, I really guess I have to pay some amount of thanks and respect to Isla Vista because going into college, I always kind of viewed music as like, like I got a degree in marine biology. Like I, I wasn't expecting to do music. Yeah. Um. That's cool. But I don't know. Like I got there, met those guys and we started the band and it was very low key, but, and I'm not going to say we got like huge, but we got a decent amount of, you know, people liked us and we got write-ups and we played downtown and stuff like that. And, and we kind of all fizzled out at the end of college. But I mean, that's the band that not only convinced me like, oh no, you should go and probably pursue this music thing. You are, I think you have like some potential, but, like, even my parents, like, were, like, you know, at first they were, like, music's a hobby. Like, don't blah, blah, blah. And then after Sundays happened, they were, like, you know what? Yeah, you should go to L.A. and, like, give it a shot because, like, now's the time to do it. Yeah. So, but, like, I wouldn't have that that confidence if it wasn't for those IV house parties and, like, all people coming out and dancing and being, like, super supportive and everything. Yeah. And it's just, like, so
0: kind. Yeah. That makes me happy to hear. I I still listen to video swim quite a bit. Oh, you're so sweet. I gave it's, that a spin a little bit ago. I hadn't listened to it in a long time. But yeah. It, it really holds up. I mean, that's that's a great album. Yeah, <laughs> no, I appreciate that. Um, so at what point so I also, you know, I was digging on digging around a little bit. I've been following you from afar for a while, <laughs> but I I was curious about the Jack Vanity project versus what <laughs> Versus what you're doing now, is there, is it just a name change or what happened there? It's a, so
2: I, I'll i give you an abridged version because I feel like I'm talking a lot. Um, basically, when I went to LA, I wanted to do a project that was like kind of folkier. I'd always been putting out these like folky songs mm-hmm. um, kind of through college And I didn't really know what they were. It started off as, like, really, really depressing music. And then it turned to, like, very, very tongue-in-cheek music. And then I wanted to find a middle ground. So I tried to do this project, but I didn't know what to call it. And this guy was producing it. And we wanted to think of, like, a fun name instead of just my name. So we landed on this, like, fake washed-up lounge singer name called Jack Vanity. (laughs) And I really – I mean – the the EP came out good, but what ended up yeah. happening was, like, I think everyone in LA, when I came here, is already so vain that they literally thought that I believed I was Jack Vanity. Like, when they I would introduce yeah. myself, the joke was completely lost.
0: Yeah. It was like, fuck this guy. <laughs> they did not understand the irony. They were just, they just took it as it was. But, like... Rightfully so, because I've been to
2: acts where I'm like, there's no way this person thinks that they're like this. And it's serious. So I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, I, I yeah. should have, sh- like, I didn't brand this right. So I finally decided after a bit of, like, I was recording a bunch of music, and I didn't know what I was going to put it out as. Or, like, I mean, or continue the Jack Vanity thing. And so I just decided to go with my name. And because I have a bunch of music right now that I'm low-key. Like, there's some pop music I have, to. And some other stuff that's like a little bit more reverberated. yeah that I like don't know how to put it out, but I'll it might it's just easier now because it's all me. Yeah. So I can just be like, oh, this is like now I'm putting out this song, it's like kind of different, or like it's more of me just being like, Look, this is music that I
0: make as opposed to this is like a project or this is yeah. like a thing.
2: And but, what you're
0: describing now is is Max Collier.
2: Collier. Yeah. Collier. Yeah, no, it's okay. No, I, it was funny. Everyone that I've met after I've changed it, like my close friends are like, why is it Max Collier?
3: Because
2: like, <laughs> no. Collier is my middle name. Okay. I'm hiding. I'm not actually Jewish, but my last name is Max Goldenstein. So it's okay. like, it's this funny, like, classic move of hiding a Jewish last name. But yeah, very showbiz. Sure but also, Goldenstein's a big-ass name. I just got – like I would try to make posters and stuff and like like it would just be like, dude, this name looks so big on this – like just make it small – as small as possible.
0: Yeah. But I like what you were saying about being able to like release different styles of music. I really liked the uh, the two different versions of Trouble Sleeping In.
2: Oh, the, yeah. Exa- or just, you know, stuff like that because like yeah. I like
0: dancing music.
2: Yeah, but I yeah. also really admire – I don't know. It's just t- – it's annoying to have to limit yourself.
0: Yeah, I agree completely with that. And um, we'll mention briefly you're also working with the haunts now.
2: Yes. So we are a three-piece surf rock, garage rock. But and I would like to believe a little, like, catchy – um your little catchy, anthemic chorusy, kind of like rock music, like I'd say it's some weird mashup of like the growlers and the killers in a way, yeah, but I would uh, agree with that but yeah, so it's it's a three piece it's me on the vocals, uh my buddy Aaron, who plays guitar, but he does like a cool pedal thing where it's like guitar and bass and then Alana plays drums. And yeah, it's I it's like a really it's definitely my priority at the moment. It's like a ton of fun to play with a band. It's like nice to not have to focus on everything or like when I have to do shows that are my own, like I'm definitely a stickler about cuz it's like my whole product, but it's nice that in this I like really have to just focus on my role and it's less pressure and lets you make your role like even better as opposed to focusing on everything. But yeah, Aaron just writes tunes that like, I like am just so that I resonate with a ton and it's just nice to have a writing partner that like, I don't know, like I feel like he just knows all the stuff that I'm thinking and, and I Usually, like if I offer advice, like he's like, Oh, yeah, that's I we both just kind of admire each other's notes, and and I think vibe as a whole, and that I would say all of us as a band do as well, like giving yeah. critique to one another. But it's just, it is a very, I feel like we're there's no one person doing a majority of the work, which is nice,
0: yeah. That's super cool. My Yeah, my next question, which you kind of already answered to an extent, was just like if you had a preference between, you know, and let's say in terms of writing and recording music, not performing, if you had a preference of being in a band or, or doing solo work. I mean, I think they're kind of like
2: different. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Cause the writing on your own, it's, it is more like journalistic or debatably autobiographical, even if you're not writing about yourself, just because like you have the full control and you, you really are just like molding the clay yourself. But I feel like it is nice to write for a band because you almost get to play pretend a little bit. Like it's less of this, like, oh, this is everything that's me, and you're like, oh, I'm writing this for this. And I definitely put myself in it, too, like, lyrics-wise, for sure, but it feels a little bit more like, like, there's a great line that a lot of session musicians talk about where they say, like, you don't play your best, you play to the part. And playing to the part the best is what makes you an amazing musician because, like, everyone can shred and show off how good they are but when you like lock it in it's great, so it's like locking it in with other people is
0: really uh is a treat, yeah, and okay, here's a fun question <clears throat> out of all well I think it's fun out of all your discography, you know all the music you've been involved with making uh what's your favorite song? oh my god that what like this is a
2: real sophie's choice um Oh, but there's so many people that I feel like that's like a tough
0: Oh, uh, it's a super you could just choose to say a few or like <laughs> No, I wanna make
2: I wanna <laughs> burn bridges right now.
0: Um
2: I I mean to be honest, I feel like like I could do the diplomatic thing and pick a few and I probably will say a few others, but I think the one that when you said that came into my head first was, is San Francisco by Sundays. Like that song just like came out so good. And I was just so like, and it was also a song that literally got written in like 15 minutes, not in a way that's like, yeah, fucking, it's that it would just like felt like I sat down and it came out and I was like, Oh yeah. Like, this is exactly what I wanted. Awesome. So, so easy as opposed to like the other songs where I'm like sitting there for days, re-recording them and being like, I have no idea. I have no idea what the fuck's going (laughs) on here. So (laughs) it's just like, I don't know. To me, that's like a very, was like a milestone. And also too just like, I mean, everyone on the track, like Gabe doing the like delay guitars and JD, playing bass that whole like record i'll listen to title just for his like ripping like yeah it's so low-key but when you listen to it you're like holy shit this guy is so talented yeah and like jared doesn't even play drums anymore i think which is a bummer because he's i mean just like everyone that's an example where it's like i felt like everyone brought good shit to the table and it took what it was like an okay, decently easy song to the next level, and like something that I could have never done alone so i i I admire that, but I don't know, like there are just other songs that so I've been going through a lot of like stuff that I released when I was like twenty that I think is like goofy, but also has promise or like i don't know yeah, but yeah san francisco i that's a
0: I really like that song, I think that's a good choice. Do you have a a least favorite? <laughs> now, now you can really oh, yeah, burn some yeah, I go. <laughs> All right, so no, um, or just maybe one that was just difficult. I mean, kind of what you liked about San Francisco was the ease at you know at what at which it came to you. There is a song on the Jack Vanity stuff
2: called "New Frontiers." That was one of those songs where I was just like like I didn't know what it wanted to be and it got recorded and I still felt like I didn't know what the song was and it definitely wasn't that like the other three songs in the EP. I do really, really like that just was like as a songwriting piece, like felt very manufactured and rushed, uh, like by me for sure. And by like the, the timing of, of like, producing because it's not cheap to record an an ep Mm -hmm. um so it's like just not wanting to like waste time and do that so that or like i don't know some of the some of the sad stuff i used to write is just so bad like like I I have been through so much more pain since I was twenty years old, but I am not writing nearly as depressing <laughs> songs. Like I was just so wanting Connor Oberst to show up to my house and give me a big hug. And but yeah, that stuff's pretty cringeworthy, I guess.
0: Yeah. Nice. I mean, sometimes the the cringeworthy stuff is is really fun to to look at after it's all over yeah it's definitely
2: entertaining i can't wait for my kids to find it and go wow dad you're a fucking
0: nerd yeah well that's the cool thing about music is it's like kind of captures that moment in time for whoever produced the song and you're like oh man what was i doing this state of mind at this time um yeah but that's super cool okay so now I want to hear, from a perspective as a fan, do you have, um, well, what's the best concert you've ever been to as a fan? Uh, okay. Um,
2: Once again, the one that pops into my head, and yeah, I, I mean, so I don't see a lot of live music, which is not cool. I'm actually really bad at like discovering new bands. So... <laughs> I uh, I don't know how some people are so good at it but I just you know it's like I'll I'll kind of like walk through the swamp for a bit of like listening to my same shit and then someone will show me one band that I just love and then I'll burn through it but anyways that being said like I love seeing a band that I know nothing about and being blown away obviously that's like no shit so I went to Outside Lands in like twenty eleven. I don't know. It was the year Metallica played, but I saw Sigur Ross for the first time, or however okay. you say that. And I had never heard their music before. And I was just like, Holy shit. These guys, like they have a full orchestra. He's like doing the Bode electric guitar. It's like it's like a religious experience. Wow. It was yeah, I was like also, I saw Bad Bad Not Good, not oh, knowing uh, yeah. who they were, and I was just like, "Oh my god, yeah, you guys! I love like I so wish I could be in a band where all I did was just like rip
0: hard for forty five minutes." Yeah, I had a I had a similar experience with Bad Bad at Coachella. It was like I didn't know <laughs> them that well. I'd heard a little bit about them from one of my other friends who's really into music, and and then I was like, "Holy shit!" yeah it's such a treat they're such a good band and they had like a really late um, time slot they were playing while like when I was at Coachella I forgot what year it was it was Guns N' Roses <laughs> and so just like 10 people including me and my buddies are like in the tent watching Bad Bad Not Good while Guns N' Roses plays in the background for like 3 hours Yeah, yeah um, <laughs> that's nuts but yeah they're great yeah super cool and, um, I mean, you talked about music discovery a little bit and the way you listen to music. Are there any bands you're currently binging on or, or what are you listening to now? I mean, I definitely
2: just like, so th- always on rotation is Jonathan Wilson to some degree, one of his albums. Um, he's an amazing producer and I I like, low-key just, like, rip off of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's just... For all the production work I do, I mean, I have people, too. I'm recording um, this friend of mine. Uh, she goes by Riordan, and, and, like, all I do is just give it the Jonathan Wilson judge to the point that we recorded a drummer, and he's like, oh, this sounds a lot like this guy. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> you, don't, I don't know who that is. Um, love him. I, I'm trying to think... I did, I'm such a, my girlfriend is way more good at knowing like new bands. She turned me on to um, this band called The Japanese House. Okay. That I, I mean, it's this, it's like kind of poppy, but it's kind of dreamy, but it's not dream pop, (laughs) (laughs) which is the worst sentence that's ever come out of my mouth. That was my favorite sentence so far. Yeah. (laughs) uh but it's really good she's an extremely talented young girl who just kills it um
0: like looking through my spotify right now oh yeah that's that's pretty much what everyone does these days the uh (laughs) why is papa roach on here
2: um (laughs) i was not listening to papa roach uh that's your last resort mgmt i can always listen to i think they're low-key like one of the greatest bands ever that second album congratulations is like one of the i put that album on at least two times a week nice uh
0: yeah that's good stuff
2: i'm trying who else is new always i listen to a bunch
0: yeah um been
2: trying to get into snail mail her voice is really good, but sometimes I
0: worry it's just too classic indie rock. Yeah. I kind of feel the same way. I've I've tried a couple times to dig in, but I've always been kind of like, Oh, this seems kind of, I don't know. I don't want to say it's completely like cookie cutter for whatever indie rock is, but it's for me, I don't know.
2: Yeah. But her voice in her writing, her lyrical writing is really, good, really yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. She's,
0: no doubt talented. I don't know. But that's a feeling I get for sure. Um Phoebe Bridgers, I got into that
2: album way too late. That um Yeah. Smoke Signals, is that what it is? I, I don't know. But it has that Ryan Adams song that like I'm just like, oh fuck you. This is like the greatest song in the world. Like mm-hmm. a perfectly crafted piece of music. Um oh, and like um Babe Rainbow and, um, oh, God, one of those guys. Sugar Candy Mountain, always. Oh. Both are just, like, so, I mean, those are just the people that I'm, like, low-key hoping to share a bill with at some point. Yeah. So
0: talented. They're such great people. That's cool. Do you have anything you would consider to be, like, a uh, a guilty listening pleasure? <laughs> uh yeah of course a majority
2: of well you know what so yes but like also i hate that
0: the all right don't hate it but you think have, you just gotta own yeah the, you don't have any shame really yeah fuck it um but you know like what i mean like people yeah, that yeah, would yeah. fall into that category yeah, yeah yeah no no i i i mean i knew exactly what you meant
2: so I'm a huge fan, and I actually used to make this music, and it still is on the internet. Um, of chiptune music,
0: I'm so not like familiar. The,
2: it's like people that make the music on Game Boys.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, like uh, is you that, know, Anamanaguchi or uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Is that I thought I've heard the phrase like eight bit been used before? Yeah, okay, exactly. So yeah, 8-bit I get you. Or chip
2: tune is the yeah. So some of it's like really annoying, but some of it is so upbeat and catchy. Yes, yeah, some of it's fan. incredible, honestly. But Anamanaguchi, they're not guilt. I like respect them a ton, but I think just that genre can get a little cringy. For um, sure. Yeah. So that's probably a guilty pleasure. Uh I love I love ABBA. But that's also not guilty. Like, if you don't love ABBA, like, you can go fuck yourself. I like agree. Dan-
0: Get the fuck Dancing out. Dancing
2: Queen is one of the best songs in the world. Oh, yeah. Um, What? Or, like, I don't know, even to, like, the guilty, like, Sabbath and Metallica. Like, I still love that. Like, I don't know. I guess, yeah, none of it's too guilty. I'm trying to think really, like, maybe musicals. But that's a rare occasion that I... Like, put on
0: Phantom of the Opera or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it- but- I mean, it doesn't have to be guilty. I like where you've gone. It's more like trying to go to the fringe, you know? Yeah. Because
2: sometimes you hear a song you, like, used to love, and you're like, oh, I'm going to hate this. But it still just rips so yeah.
0: hard. Yeah, definitely. Oh. Take me away. Um, here's a question for you. Um, when you are in a sad boy mood... <laughs> Uh, do you tend to listen to sad music to match the mood, or do you try oh, to yeah. lift your spirits with happy <laughs> stuff? No, I I just dig the grave. <laughs> just
2: wallow because, in it. Yeah, well, because I feel like like when you're happy, you're not gonna listen to sad music.
0: That's true. You know? Yeah. Like,
2: you're not like, I'm feeling good today, like let's listen to Elliot Smith. Like, no, you listen to ha- so when you're sad, like I I appreciate the emotion and – I mean I think there's a level. I think you can – when you're really listening to some like dashboard confessional, I might be like, yo, okay, like, you know, maybe stop <laughs> <laughs> or like listen to something else. But, but one thing I will say that I've admired a lot about artists kind of like Phoebe Bridgers um, – Definitely, like, a lot of these folkier people. Oh, like, uh, Lucy Doc Is it Dacus? Do you know what I'm talking about? I, D- I, I don't know.
0: I Yeah, I, it's Dacus, Dacus. I really... No one's ever so said if, it. If somebody listening will just get it, I'm sure. You're probably yes, close I enough.
2: Know. Yeah. Like, it's Dacus?
0: Yeah. Like, uh, screw this guy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but uh, a lot of people now are taking this extra step in the sad boy writing that I really appreciate, which is they talk about being sad, but in a, like, it's less doom and gloom and, like, I'm forever stuck in sadness. And it's more of this, like, living with being sad and, like, getting through the day. Yeah, And it's not overtly positive, but it definitely, like, is good to listen to because when you're feeling sad, it's this way of you kind of, like, instead of just feeling like shit, you more self reflect and you, you think a bit more about like, well, what's going on as opposed to like, I just feel bad. You know? Yeah. yeah. I think, I think that's more so where I go when I'm listening to quote unquote, sad music. Like like I'm not putting on loneliest day of my
0: life by a system of a down. When I'm feeling sad. (laughs) No, that's a really good take. I especially like the thing you said about how there's not really another good time to listen to that stuff. Like when you're happy you yeah. would never you would never go to that. Um well most of the time I suppose. Maybe some people think. Maybe some, yeah. Maybe some time, you know. It's not a logical move for sure. Yeah. Um all right. So basically I want to get to the big question of the interview, which I kind of ask everybody, and it's it's kind of the point of this whole thing is um the point of this is to ask you what's the point of making music? Why do you make music?
2: Oh God, um, i've uh, okay, this is gonna sound really like depressing. I've been talking a lot, I mean to be completely transparent with other musicians about like i mean I'm still decently young um but like we talk about how great giving up sounds. <laughs> like, like just how much less stress would be in my life if I just had like a job that paid me like a good amount and that I could just do and like, Mm -hmm. like, or some other path, you know, just kind of like, you know, not, not do all of this. But I think at the end of the day, which whenever I have the thoughts or especially when I've talked with other people and they agree, like, The reason I make music is because like, I couldn't not like, yeah, I I totally understand the idea that I, I could have this other job, but it's like, I don't think that if I just said like, okay, I'm done. Like I could actually stop. Like, I think I would keep going to my computer and recording music. And like two, if that just ends up being my life, like where I do end up being like, too old and out of the game. Like, I don't think the music's ever going to necessarily stop. It just might not be the priority, but like, there's something about the weight of, this sounds so stony baloney. There's something about the weight of like audio. And I think that that is odd to say, but like you even think back to like old classical pieces or like the romantic period And just the way that, like, a team of violins, like, look at Moonlight Sonata. Like, that song has no lyrics, is just piano, and, like, is possibly one of the most romantic and beautiful songs that's ever been made. And, like, I just find it to be a beautiful medium to work in, where you kind of, like, you can make it all your own because it's really just like any it's like any a painter trying to make like convey something with paint mm-hmm. or someone trying to make a video that you resonate with by looking at like you're just using something odd to try and resonate with the people and and relate to with the people around you yeah so i just feel like from an early age i was drawn to these cool sounds and like guitars and i really like the poetry aspect too of it all and like hearing other people loving all those things and like even to like not to talking or if you ever listen to any interviews with that guy, Jonathan Wilson, I mentioned before, like he, he opened my mind to the idea that like a recording is not necessarily like you playing the song. It's like a layer of sounds that you're giving someone. And that's definitely changed how I think about all of it and what I'm like the actual finished work. But that was kind of a roundabout way of saying I do music because if you don't think like if you are gonna do music and you think, like you just know you can't stop doing it. If you can put the guitar down, really, then like put the guitar down. But I just don't think, you know, like if you if you feel drawn to it, you're gonna do it, and that's all you can do.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great answer. Do you? What are your? um, I mean, you mentioned the kind of feeling of you, you occasionally think it'd be really nice to give up. Um, so I'm curious what, what you're trying to reach, like at what point do you feel like you might kind of outrun that feeling? Where do you have to be to uh, feel like really happy?
2: Um, I think just like stable, like not like you should always be hustle. I hate that slogan, <laughs> but it's also like, no, but it's like, no, yeah. I hate it. But it's also so, like, there's nothing that conveys that aspect. Yeah. Like, like, as much as it's a goofy tagline, like, no, that's the musician and all artist life is you are always hustling. You're always trying to make money and and make connections and, and be seen. And, like, I think to me the second, I mean, to, in my mind, it's like that I can just confidently pay rent every month. Yes, with my, that would be nice. My, you know. <laughs> Or like, you know, to not have, to have a part-time job or something is definitely that. Um, But yeah, I think it's, because even too, I, I don't, I'm not trying, I mean, I'd love to be a, you know, bajillionaire, but like, I think just the real goal is like doing, just having it pay the bills, like being able to live happily and like frugally, but like not worried yeah comfortable and and then yeah and also to like being proud of what it is that i'm doing even if it is like just being a ghost writer and writing like pop songs like if i i would as long as i'm just like stoked on it or think i'm doing the best work that i could be doing like i think that's also the other side of it yeah that's like success
0: yeah that kind of makes me just think about the whole idea which is kind of a stigma of like the musician selling out because it's like, obviously you mentioned the hustle, like you have to make money and ideally it's doing music and not having to do yeah. other things. And and sometimes that process of making money can be skewed and a lot of times people get upset over what you're doing. Obviously, like you said, it's like, as long as you're proud of what you've made, it doesn't really matter. But of course there's that whole, what do you think about that whole idea of a musician selling out? Oh, well, I think there's two ways to sell out
2: there. You can sell out smart and like, like take a big old check and then use that wisely. Uh-huh. And you can sell out dumb, which is you start taking every check. Yeah, And you're, and I think there is a level of like, okay, here's a, here's another great quote. Uh, there was, they were doing an interview with Kevin Parker from Tame Impala And it was, he was talking about the, like just the music industry. And he said, you know, he released Lonerism, which was like a huge record and sold so much. And he barely saw any profits from it, but he sold elephant to a Bacardi commercial and he bought a house. And it's like, it's like, yeah, like you, it's not selling out. Like it's, it's making your money. But that being said, like, I think it's and then you can go into morals kind of like if you were a band that, you know, like you did something political or like you're kind of betraying your morals. I think that's a different story. But like, like sell your stuff like people. I I would love to sell out to a degree like be if I was in a uh, passion pit was in like a Target commercial. Yeah. Way back in the day. like. And I And I was just stoked because I was like, "Whoa, Target's cool. Like they got a sick song yeah, yeah. like i'm I'm in They play real estate, that band real estate in Albertson's grocery stores. I think that's the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: there is that side to it of like if you if you hear music that you like out in the wild somewhere, you, you do get a kick out of it,
2: yeah, as long as it's like good music and it's just like in a spot, but like the second, I don't know, you start doing like weird shit. And you start being, you know, you're like on every commercial or you're like, you know, uh, Peyton Manning. I mean, like you don't want to be like the face of State Farm.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's kind of, a. I mean, it can be, there are lines you don't want to cross, but obviously it can be vague. Yeah. I had a similar experience recently. I saw a commercial um, that had a Spoon song on it, Uh, turned my camera on. And I'm like, that song is like 15 years old. And it just like was on a commercial that I saw yesterday. But my m- most of my feeling was like, oh, thank you. Like finally somebody is going to go pay Spoon.
2: Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> You're just like, and because that's the is you know, like, oh, sick. Like they're making money. Like hell yeah, yeah. good on them. And like, and people are listening and people that may not have heard that song will see that commercial and be like, oh, what's that? And like Shazam yeah, it or look it totally. up.
0: All right. So selling out's yeah. fine. To a degree, basically. Yeah, yeah to a degree. To a degree. Um, what do you enjoy doing besides music in your free time?
2: Um, absolutely nothing. No, um, I, I've been like urban, but this sounds weird. No, I'm not going to say that. Uh, I've been, it's really been music, Jesus Christ. Uh, my Well, my job is i i do a work at a wine tasting oh. room and i'm surprisingly like kind of into wine that's that like sounds a, really cool i'm not like it i mean i'm not like the biggest i i mean i'd like to say i have a decent palate
0: but
2: <laughs> i'm not the i'm not a huge You're snob a but i just bad. admire <laughs> yeah i know i'm like i'm that guy sitting there swashing it in my mouth going mm-hmm, tastes like fresh cut oh crabs. yeah
0: that's super cool though
2: But I I like that Um, just a lot of I've been doing a lot of like L.A. Because I live downtown and there's a lot of old history in downtown. Uh And I have this housemate that like really just knows his stuff about like, you know, like we he showed me where like Morrison Hotel was because it's all boarded up now. And just like a lot of that we would like bike around downtown. And it's a lot of this like sightseeing in these old spots and like visiting like the first dive bar or the oldest dive bar in LA, excuse me. And like, just stuff like that. And like, really, cause like, I mean, LA, so many people just think of Hollywood, but like so much stuff happens in like East Hollywood and downtown. Yeah. And like, like, I don't know, I guess. So just like a lot of like exploring the city is really what I've been doing. I really don't have many hobbies other than like, just like I feel like I've just consistently been working on music for like the past 5 yeah, years. That's okay. <laughs> and
0: yeah, I like to read there you sometimes. go. Yeah. I got a cat that
2: I'm obsessed with. Oh yeah. With.
0: Those are all good answers. Yeah. I just kind of like hearing, I mean, obviously people like you and people who I talk to are constantly overwhelmed with thinking about music. So I I just get curious of like what else no, what no, else no. goes on up there in that head? I'm a beekeeper. (laughs) No, I I wish. That'd be so sick. No, just a cat keeper. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, we're pretty much done. I would love it if you would do me the honor of uh, recommending someone else I could interview for this podcast.
2: Yes. Shout Um, somebody out. I'm a little biased, but uh, her artist name is McCall. Her full name is McCall Kimball. Um, she is another LA based artist and she's super talented. She is, she's like a pop act, but the lyrics are really good, like exceptionally good. And even though the songs are like super catchy, you definitely end up feeling this like, not sense of dread, but (laughs) definitely a sense of happiness. I like that. I mean, she openly, she openly talks about her songs, like making cry. Uh, so, but they're, they're good. Um, and yeah, she's just, and I, she's, I, I know her. Um, and (laughs) she's going to get mad about that. But Uh, you said you know her. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) um, but anyway, yeah, she's kind of going through a similar thing of like, like thinking of what it is to be the musician, and it's—I'm sure she's got some great takes.
0: That's perfect, awesome. I look forward to talking to her. Where can people find you and follow you on the internet? Oh, I'll give you. Oh, I mean, I was going to give them my address. No, I'm- wherever, or they can just come to your house.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, No, if you just look up Max Collier, M-A-X-C-O-L-L-I-E-R on Spotify, I'm like, I have all these songs that are done. I'm like slowly putting them out. Um, I also have an Instagram, which is Max Collier Music, just at that. Um, And then The Haunts, I think is The Haunts Band Official. Also follow us on there. Um, If you want to see that, we play around LA a bunch. I'm probably going to try and start doing... Max Collier shows too. So hopefully that'll be in the future as well.
0: Um, But yeah, Instagram's the best. Cool. Sounds good. All right. Well, we're done. I I have this thing where when I do an in-person interview, I like to end with a high five because then it's just (laughs) like a very definitive end. But then I've been doing also these phone interviews where I'm like, I can't do the high five. Just came up with the brilliant ideas that we'll just clap at the same time. I love we'll, it. All we'll right. just do like a a three, two, one, and then clap and and then in the future maybe I won't even explain this and people will just think we're together and it's a high five. <laughs> I love but it. But this is the this is the inside information. So we'll go All three, right, cool. two, one. <claps> Delayed for sure. That makes it better. Oh, yeah. yeah, that makes it better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Because that's how real high fives exactly. Sound. <laughs> All With right. With lag time. That was good. Thank you for being on. Of course. Thank you
2: for having me. This is so much fun. When I replay this tune, it fills the room
4: with momentary shots and moods. The time you let me on the beach, side.